This week on Book Pile Banter, Amberly, Sarah, and Kim discuss Kim's upbringing and how they can't relate. Welcome to Bookpile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim. Today we are going to discuss Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe, which is by, I'm going to butcher this and I apologize <laughs> immensely. It's okay, you butcher all of them. <laughs> Thank you. Um, as long as it's like no. consistent. consistent. Uh, Benjamin oh. Alir Sinez. Sinez. I think it's Sinez. It's S-A with a little accent marky E-N-Z, and I don't know the accent marky because I'm just great. Uh, published in 2012 by Simon & Schuster's Books for Young Readers, and this is designed for ages 12 and up. And some key things to note is that the author does identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community and has won, I'm going to butcher all of these again, uh, no, for this book specifically won the Stonewall Book Award in 2013, Honor Book for the Michael L. Prince Award in 2013, and the one that I, I'm, I fear butchering the most, uh, Pura Belpre Author Award in 2013. I just said those all very American, and I again apologize because I am terrible at that sort of thing and these guys can attest <laughs> all around and then the plot for this book is aristotle prided himself in keeping to himself until the summer when he meets dante he discovers a new friendship risks his life in the process and begins to grow up but growing up means coming to terms with secrets that have never been addressed he tries to understand his father and brother what it means to be a mexican-american and the reality of what dante truly means to him so we'll start with you, Kim. Did you like the story? Because you actually read it again. I listened to it. You listened again. to it, but. Yeah. I, in the beginning, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. Is it four sections in the book? I think so. I think it's four sections. So the first two sections I hated. The second two sections I absolutely loved. This actually doesn't say how many sections there are because the sections aren't numbered. So Okay. But yeah, I think it's broken down, down. In, into four sections. But yeah. the first two I hated with a passion. The second two I loved. Um, and there is a very specific point where it all suddenly made sense to me. Okay. And we'll get into that. Yes, we will. What about you, Sarah? Did you like it? Uh, pretty indifferent, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Um, for, like... Kim was saying first half I didn't hate it I just felt nothing absolutely nothing I was like okay this is just a bunch of dialogue <laughs> and it is I don't even a know who's lot of dialogue it's like I have to go back and yep. like okay this is Dante this is his dad this is not uh, Aristotle whatever I couldn't even remember the names honestly um but yeah and so it was like I'd have to keep rereading the same conversations just to keep track of who was saying what conversations were like not even human conversations but that's beside the point <laughs> Um, and then, yes, the later halves, I did not love, but I did start to, at the last section, I should say, like, most of it until, like, the very last, like, 10 or 20 pages, I was like, okay, I'm finally getting some emotional response off of this, and then it was over, and I was like, that was forgettable. So that's <laughs> my take. <laughs> so, for myself, okay, so I enjoyed it. 
I had a weird experience of I went into this with people again, book talk, but also a person like in person. I went to go pick up the book from the bookstore and this woman looked at me and she's like, oh, my God, this was mind blowing. You're going to love reading this. And so just we'll get there, Sarah. It's so funny because, yeah, anyway, go ahead. So, we'll get there. So I started reading the book and I was like, OK, this is not what I expected uh, once again, I was led to believe I was reading one thing and then I got into it and I was like, I, I, this is not what I was expecting. And it was definitely not mind blowing. <laughs> be honest, it wasn't mind blowing, um, but I did enjoy it. The other thing I will say, I, I have the unique experience of I got early access to the arc for the second book. The second book is actually what I expected the first book to be. I'll go into that when we get to the very end and we're recommending books. But I will say what I thought was going to happen in this book was was the second book, not the first book. And it is a lot of dialogue. It's actually a certain style of literature, though. I remember like I've had literary classes where we studied, studied like three to four books where it was just dialogue. Yeah, that's the thing. There's I got like. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Yeah. Where it's like reading. I was like, I feel like this is supposed to be more of a literary book, but I'm not. It's not hitting the points for me. Like, I know what style they're going for, but it was too basic. So in the audiobook, we'll start with, it's it's narrated by Lynn manuel What's his name? Miranda? Miranda. Miranda. I, <laughs> I know, in your panic, it's Lynn. It's Lynn. Like, I know him personally. <laughs> um, and he would, he would say a line, and then he said. And then he would say the next line, he said. And then he'd say the next line, she said. And then, and, and that is that. in there no. a lot. Yeah, you can. I'll, I'm showing her a page right now. It does not oh, say he so said, she said. Oh, he's so it's clarifying. Well, it is here. It, it, like he, like he it was my. Well, it's kind of my mom's job. I said she said it was okay. He said you asked her. Yeah. Oh, I said. And so yes, that's and actually that, more clues than you usually get. Though. Yeah, yeah. But that's. That, I, I just. It was the way that it was being spoken. He would do this little weird little pause, and then he said, "So was it just him the whole time? Like, did yes, he do different yes. voices for he different characters? Kind of does a little bit of different voices. He gruffen ups the father's voices. He lightens up, but he doesn't do because I listen to a lot of narrated books. Just because, yeah, we've discussed it in the past. I don't have the patience to sit and read a book. Um, so but he lightens up. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't." Um, he doesn't do like the high woman voice. So a man going, you know, and, and they, they make their voices. Not a voice actor. Yeah. He, yeah. They make their voices squeaky and it's like, okay, women do not sound like that. Men, please. Will you stop trying to pretend like, you know what a woman sounds like? Because you clearly don't. (laughs) You don't listen to us now. (laughs) Exactly. You guys are squeaking pretty hard right now. (laughs) Are we? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, as far as that's concerned. Um, and then Lynn is, he speaks very calmly and very slowly. And very angry character. Yeah. And, and, and chipper. And chipper. Because oh she in let me play. I was like, it was so chipper. It was so chipper. And it made no sense in connection with the words. <laughs> However, get to the second half of the book. And I think he really connected with the. Um, Interesting. With the, with the characters later. I don't know that he read the book ahead of time. He probably did. Yeah. Um, to be fair, he has a naturally chipper voice. I don't think I've ever heard that man sound angry. Well, and then when you taught when you taught me taught yeah. me how to speed up <laughs> the, the book. speaking, 
because he was a very calm, slow reader, and it was taking forever to get <laughs> like through weird. every line. It's a short book. It, is. Like, it shouldn't it was, take that long. And then once I sped up, his one and a half times was too fast. He was like booking through those words. <laughs> She'd have had like a 1.3. 1. 1. 1.3. And it was like, okay, this is this is going better. This feels more natural conversation. But now I can't remember what I was going to say. Because it wasn't about his narration. I was going to say something about Oh, it was the he said, she said thing. Yeah, yeah. we already talked about it. So there is, and I may mis- misremember this, there is a very popular, like, piece of literature. It's a short story that in my literary classes we would have to go over, like, when they were doing introduction. And it's, like, called The Elephant Room, I want to say. And it is just dialogue. Just dialogue. It, it has nothing else. It is just dialogue. So this is actually a so very... So voice isn't an empty room. Yes. Basically. And it, and sometimes it wasn't even like... There was very brief... Like at the very beginning of that short story, it establishes that there's a man and a woman talking. And then you are just supposed to naturally track who's saying what. I think I've read that before, but yeah. I have no memory of it specifically. Let I me... Just... Okay. Give me just a second because it's going to type. So we'll stop talking for a second because I think I can find it. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, so, but the, yeah, there's some short story. I can't remember what it is. And so that very much reminded me of this book where the style is is heavily relying on dialogue and for you to kind of put in the details, both about the characters and their tone and how they, you interpret how they're talking, which is funny because obviously Lin-Manuel Miranda was very chipper for you reading it. And when you were talking to me, I was like, this character just seems so grumpy, but I angry. Played it, I played it for you. Yeah. That little section, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's not, it's not translating as well. But when the, when the end of the book came and the boys lightened up mm-hmm. and they weren't so particularly Ari in their head and, and so. But I'm curious, it, how did, how did you take the characters? I honestly didn't know Dante was... Aristotle. Aristotle. Oh, God. Uh, it's because Dante's name is... Not, well, actually, people do refer to Ars, Aristotle as Ari. Yeah. Frequently, yeah. But yeah, for whatever reason, I could always forget his name. Um, I didn't know he was angry. Unless people mentioned, why are you angry? I was like, oh, is he supposed to be angry? So I wasn't getting, like, any... See, I took him more as non-communicative than angry. So his anger was very controlled. So... And so only those who really knew him knew he was angry. I took it as more as... As as, as my experience with... We have a nine-year-old in the house and how (laughs) his tone is. And then also, obviously, my brother at some point, because he's younger than me, was was a 15-year-old, 16-year-old male. And I can vaguely remember how he talked. And it, that's, that, that, not aggressive, but, like, Def- agitated. Like, like, they're just always on the, on the verge of, of jumping off a ledge that you don't know what the ledge is. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the other thing, too, is, I mean, I have a brother who was presumably 15 at some point. I don't remember <laughs> that stage, though. I was younger. But, like, reading the first half of the book, I honestly kept forgetting how old they were and thinking that they were, like, 12. They did not seem, like, emotionally mature. Like, obviously, they wouldn't be emotionally mature anyway because they're teenagers, but they just seemed like they were really, really young. And then he's, like, getting a truck and driving, and I was like, that's right. He's in high school. 
So that was really weird. He did seem to, like, after that year of school, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can kind of see him as a 15-year-old now or 16-year-old. 16-year-old, yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to catch up with his age. But, yeah, the whole time. See, was, yeah. and that's where I hated the first half of the book. They seemed, the dialogue, the way they spoke to each other, the way they spoke to others seemed more like, you you said 13, I would have taken them down to... Like 10 or 12. 10, 10 or 12, 12 range, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, and it was very off-putting for me. I didn't like it. I also don't... Amberly, you said, as we spoke during the week, which we're not allowed to do, but we do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said that the dialogue struck you as very natural. It struck me as very unnatural. Same. Particularly since Ari, in, in specific... Ari. Ari Aristotle, Ari would make more of my sense. It's Ari. It's, okay. yeah. um, it's A-R-I. So. But um, they, um, he wouldn't use contractions, and that drove me absolutely Oh, I didn't nuts. notice that. I just thought, yeah. And I, it's, a, it's a pet peeve of mine. If you're doing dialogue, there's not very many humans yeah, alive like today that don't contract their words. And so that's, it was probably... A specific choice that the author made um, to not do that contraction with him, but I would have to really, really think about it. Maybe to, it's contractions really, didn't exist in the eighties, or mean, maybe is it? No, it's there. Well, that's it's really, a, really funny because I just I pulled up. Or page. is it Lin Manuel Miranda? Uh, that's what I was going to ask. Well, no. So it, it changes. It depends on sections. But like for example, this one. This is on page one seventy one, and it goes. Did I? Did Dad hear? Yes. I'm sorry. You can't help what you've dream what you dream. I know. I didn't mean to run him o- run over him. You didn't. It was just a dream. So they're there. I think the problem is because there are other sections where I can see it. I think it switches between, and I think it depends on what they're talking about. Right, and like that's what I'm saying. I, it, it's probably a very specific choice that the author made. Yeah. Um. But it. it yeah. Their their early dialogue. I think possibly in writing the book, when the author wrote the beginning parts, they were meant to be younger, but he didn't want the gap that took them to the age where they needed to be to actually come to these revelations. I don't think he wanted that, that gap to be as big. So when Dante went away and went to live in Chicago, I think he... When he originally wrote it, they were younger boys. Yeah, and like it was a longer period. Yeah, it was actually not just a summer. That maybe when he originally wrote it, it was a longer period of time. And then they come back and then they reconnect. I don't know that. That's just my so, perception on it. So the way I saw it, because it didn't, it didn't bother me that they spoke so young at the beginning. And I think that's because it was trying to establish how much they changed in one summer. And I think that's pretty accurate that any teenager, male, female, non-binary, you hit a certain summer where you were one way, then something happens, no matter how small or how big, happens, and you become aware of being not yourself anymore. And so I think he wanted, the author wanted to portray that, but in order to do that, there needed to be an extreme character change. So I feel like they were heavily immature. Then, for the plot, clarifying the plot, then at one point, Dante almost gets hit by a car, and Aristotle throws himself in front of the car to push Dante out of the way. Dante out of the way. And then in the process, breaks both his legs and one of his arms. 
And when that happens, how they talk starts to change. And so I think the intent at the very beginning was to make that change so extreme that you realize how impactful that moment was. And I think if you think back to childhood, there's probably maybe not for you, Sarah, because I know you never really moved. But you know, I I know you're never really a child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you Um, were fully formed right there. (laughs) But like. You know, I moved between the ages of, and obviously I'm female, so it wasn't the age of 15, 16, but we moved from my eighth grade year to seventh, no, seventh grade year to eighth grade year from Japan to England. And I can, I can definitely see that there was a change of how I acted pre-moving versus post-moving in terms of what I was interested in, how I was interacting with others, how I felt about myself, um... And I suspect if either of you two think back to it, there might be maybe a summer or a year where you became aware of changes, whether something big actually happened or not. For my generation, it almost always was when you got your driver's license. You know, you you went through that year of having to ride with with your parents. Mm -hmm. And then you go for the year. And in, in my time frame, you were not allowed to ride with anybody in the car for a period of time. Then once that freedom set in where they're like, okay... You've proven that you're not going to speed and you've proven that you're not going to do anything stupid. Now you can ride with friends in the car. And that and to be clear, several years. Which is really funny. To be clear, her year that this took place is only like a couple of years before this book. Because this is set in 1987. I know. So this is really kind of more reflective of maybe your childhood versus our childhood. I know. And that's the <laughs> profound thing that happened to me is is four hours ago as I finished this book <laughs> and they have a conversation where one I think it's Ari has a conversation with himself where they're listening to music and he lists Madonna and did he and he just lists all these La Bamba La Bamba uh but the specific one by a specific band I can't remember now oh yeah um and a George Michael song. Yeah. It, well, the, the Wham song, but yeah, yeah, George Michael. And then he finally ends with you 2 mm-hmm. And they were all singing this. This was me and your dad meeting in college. Yeah. This, this was. So only a couple years and difference. That's when I was able to go, okay, wait a minute. I need to be hearing this. This writer and these characters are happening when I was experiencing and it became a generational thing where um, when we, in, in the late 80s, we were discovering that people are gay and they might be our friends, they might be our family members, and they've kind of done this hiding thing. And suddenly, they're not hiding so much. They're not, they're not coming out of the closet, unless you're in certain areas, communities like mm-hmm. San Francisco at that time, Stonewall actually, because he won the Stonewall Award. Yeah. I can't remember specifically when Stonewall happened, but it's yeah. the same time frame generally. And people are being killed because they're mm-hmm. gay. Mm-hmm. And people are, you know, horrific things are well, happening. As what happens with Dante, exactly. he gets attacked because he, he gets yeah. caught by... Uh, people in in El Paso who see him kissing another guy. Right. And we were having such a such a conflict within ourselves. And because we wanted to be activists. We were post, you know, Woodstock. We were post all of that. And, and we wanted to be activists, but we really didn't know how. 
Mm-hmm. And it was um, a time that was just, we, we really wanted everyone to be accepted and everyone to be included. But the gay community was still very much on the fringe then. And that wasn't an, an accepted thing. So a very specific thing that happened to me. My sister is six years older than me. She's gay. She wasn't out, but everybody knew because it was just, I mean, she never did anything with men ever, <laughs> ever. Um, Don't hide it, but not denying it. Yeah, and that's how it was. It's just, it just like... Um, Ari's aunt yeah lived with a with a woman her entire life that's you know but she never it was never it was just a roommate yeah just a roommate and my sister had several of those um (laughs) not at the same time not at the same time (laughs) we'll we'll clarify we're not outing my aunt as both being a lesbian and polyamorous (laughs) but (laughs) I was in high school the same high school my sister went to everybody Mm -hmm. knew who my sister was because she was a super athlete so even six years later when people found out she was my sister, it was like, oh my God. Um, but then it was like, oh. And I was a dorky, dorky, little teeny tiny nerd that nobody wanted to date. And everyone thought I was gay because my sister was. And it was <laughs> massive judgment. Well, and so that's a that's a good point to point out that in this, there's also that weird reflection of the brother on the brother yeah so while aristotle is explain the brother on the brother okay so while aristotle is the center of this book and is the younger brother so a little bit different than your situation um he's facing throughout the entire story the struggle of who his brother is and why his brother is in jail he knows his brother is in jail but he doesn't remember it because at the time that it happened when he was seven he was sent away um I'm really hoping that happened or that was explained in this book and not the next one. Yes, it yeah. was. Okay. <laughs> he was sent to his aunt's house. Yes. And this is the gay aunt. Yes, the gay aunt. Um, and then come to find out by the end of the book, he learns that his brother, for some reason, it's not clarified, went to find a prostitute. And in the process, discovered the prostitute was a transvestite. Um, and that's the word they use in the book. I want to be clear. That's why I'm using that specific word. Uh, and in the process then proceeded to kill said individual because he was upset to have discovered what they were. He also, at some point, I think, further does harm in the juvenile center that he was in because yeah, this he, all happened. Yeah, he killed somebody yeah. else in the juvenile Yeah, center. in the juvenile center. And that's what actually caused him to still be in prison post his juvenile age um, since, I guess, he found the prostitute or he went for the prostitute when he was like, 15, 16. No, I think it was 17. 17, okay. Uh, But he was still young, so he was still underage at the time, um, which means that the laws apply differently until he did that. That would have been around the time that Three Strikes was starting to come into into play and Mm -hmm. also when they were starting to uh, prosecute older juveniles as as adults. adults. So probably when he second defended it in, in the... Juvenile center. Juvenile center. They said, we're going to try him as an adult for this one because he obviously has a yeah. problem. But yeah, so in the book, Aristotle isn't originally aware of what his brother did or why he did it because his parents sent him away. He thought it was only for a summer. It was actually for a year. Um, but it does have that weird reflection of your siblings before you and obviously everybody else in the town is aware of 
what happened. And there's some vague news articles, because I know he tried to find news articles and it wasn't very clear. Um, and that being reflected back on him and how he interacts and part of why he maintains his isolation, because he doesn't want to deal with that secret he doesn't know. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see then, you yeah, know, your yeah, situation it, where we, you having a sister. It, it was very much believed then that, well, okay, so there was doubts about whether being gay was a, a societal thing or something you became because of how you were raised. And that's where a lot of, uh, like the silent generation, and they were like, we failed, we failed, I have a gay child, oh my God. And, and it wasn't so much... But you just are. Yeah. Um, and so if you had gay family members, it's like, oh, my God. And that's that that was the judgment I faced. And it was just like I was very confused by it because it's like, why does it matter? Because I didn't care. And, and I didn't know at the time my sister was gay. I didn't know. The rest of the school know, knew. <laughs> I didn't know. And I didn't care. Um, I'm surprised you didn't just like. Oh, I. No, no, no. I meant relate to this book more on that whole not knowing a secret and like. Once you realize when I I said. The time frame, I suddenly understood everything that was happening because my general. We are so repressed. We do not express emotions. It's just facts, and um, and then no, we wouldn't have discussed this this stuff, but. And that's where I want to kind of get into Dante a little bit. In a lot of schools, not my school in particular, but there was young men coming up, particularly young men. Women were able to, I think, hide in, in being a lesbian a little bit more because girls tended to just hang out with a lot of girls, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but there was always that one drama kid or, and I'm doing, I'm doing quotation air quotes, marks, air quotes, air quotes. Um, you know, that was like, this is who I am and I can't not be who I am. And I, yeah. I feel Dante was that kid. He, he just, he, I hate to use this word, but it's, it's the only word I can think of for the time frame that it maybe accurately depicts it in that sense of being flamboyant. Yeah. But when I'm thinking flamboyant, I want to clarify, I'm thinking more like, David Bowie-esque, you know, that, that kind of more yeah. accepting of who they are as themselves and just kind of being themselves without... And just couldn't not be themselves. There, yeah. I think there are people in, in the world that just... Like Elton John style, kind yeah. of kind of what we would maybe consider over the top, but isn't necessarily a bad thing. And I think it, there's hit a point where being gay and fam- flamboyant somehow become derogatory and so i want to clarify that's not what i mean by that right it is just kind of being and if you've having read the book you know dante is very open and outgoing and and over the top and and it's just how he was raised to be as opposed to it necessarily being like some bad representation but sarah's been really quiet (laughs) (laughs) so what do you think of uh the whole being set in the 19 uh, 1987 did that change how you viewed the book? Did it make it harder to relate to? No. I mean, I just didn't feel anything. Sorry. <laughs> Should I be speaking louder? Yes, please. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I knew it took place in the 80s because, you know, it mentions it in the beginning. and Yeah, I was listening. Um, I didn't hear it. <laughs> I was sleeping well, a lot yeah, in the beginning. It's like, I wouldn't be able to do an audiobook because I would just immediately tune it out. Like, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, remembering anything from it is just like that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Told on me. <laughs> you get a gold star. 
But yeah, so it's like, okay, it took place in the 80s. Um, I could get that. Uh, but it didn't. So did the the way that Dante was, did you have anyone in your school who was like that? Like, looking at these characters and thinking back to your high school, middle school years, could you at least relate to the type of characters they were? Could you be like, oh, yeah, that reminds me well, of... Well, they didn't feel like realistic characters to me. Okay. They okay. felt like caricatures. But, um... Middle school's gone. Yeah. I don't have any memory of that. <laughs> um, high school, I went to a school that was specifically tailored for technology and drama. Okay. So, there was no athletics. We had no jocks. We had no bullies like that. Um, but we did have a very robust drama, choir, orchestra, all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there were definitely students that it's like you just know. Or they're just <laughs> open about it because yeah. there wasn't really a stigma. Right, um, there were no you. Yeah. You wouldn't have so, seen a lot of judgment of yeah, pe- people. Exactly. If we're going to go into the stereotypes of the jocks and the and the cheerleaders, always judge the others. Which, in my time frame, isn't a stereotype. It that's the way it was, and and things don't become a stereotype until you realize that's the way it was, and then it becomes a stereotype because it's portrayed in movies and it gets portrayed in, in um, I don't want to say literature in books. This portrays it, but it's portraying it purposefully. Yeah. Well, and so thinking back to my high school years, my high school situation was very unique because we were living in England at the time. And my school was split between day students and dorm students. And so sexuality was kind of weird because you had a lot of boys and girls that were around each other. 24 7 but at the same time they were separated based on gender during particular parts of the day obviously being mostly evening afternoon um so we didn't we we had things like bullies we had things like stereotyping um but it was very weird and uh, i mean to be clear how weird this is my graduating class was like 39 individuals graduated and there were 40 individuals in the entire senior class. Um, (laughs) So there weren't a lot of us for it to be really. But okay. So to further clarify, I, my job for part of this period of time was to monitor the dorm students. So I sat up all night and made sure everybody stayed in their respective rooms and weren't doing things they weren't supposed to do. I walked the halls. Um, but there were very specific students who were, and I think this is more of a reflection of your generation than yeah. my generation, who were actively flamboyant because they wanted to be shocking. Yes. And, and so, and, and so that stereotype, again, there's those air quotes, yeah. <laughs> um, was a purposeful thing more in your class. So I would say your generation. And it was a defense mechanism, I would even yes. argue for a couple of them. And, and then, and then looking at a lot of these kids were dorm students and their parents were spread throughout the world. Um, I don't know if we've ever covered it. Amberly is a military child. I am married to a military man and we lived overseas. Um, for most of my seven years, seven years. So seven most years. of my, my like major years, middle, um, middle school, and major school. development yeah. years. So, but yeah, so, okay. So what I was saying is that this book for me didn't necessarily reflect my high school experience at all because my high school experience was so 
unique, different. So, well, and then it didn't reflect your high school experience because your high school experience was to take a very specific group of people and put them into a very, I'm sorry, I'm talking to Sarah as I look at her and nobody knows who I'm talking about, but it should be. You, sense. you, the listener, your high no. school experience was so different. <laughs> well, I mean, it probably was. Yeah, yes. it was. Everybody has their own unique experiences. But so a lot of those movies that are, you know, pretty in pink. And, well, God, what were the other ones? Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club um, um, those are reflective of my high school years. So isn't it, but I was going to say The Lost Boys. The lo- oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> vampires. Have you seen The Lost Boys? You haven't oh. seen Oh, my, oh God. my God. I thought you were talking about Peter Pan thing. No, no, no. No, the, no, no. Oh, you have to see The Lost Boys. It's <laughs> Anyways, we're not on phenomenal film. Anyway. It, it, they think punk with vampires. It's great. Um, think but like traditional punks with vampires <laughs> yeah. in Santa Monica, I think. No, yeah, no, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I not think it was Santa Monica. Not the point. Yeah, not the point. <laughs> That's just you were naming movies, and suddenly I wanted to name the Lost Boys. I'm like, yeah. that is not what you're referencing. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, once I hit, the, and it was a very specific point. Once they started listing the listing the music, so, the songs. I remember I went, reading Poof. that point. And I'm like, oh, mom's gonna hear you too and get so excited. Nope, it's not that. It but was, but I knew, yeah, like I knew, was, I was like, this is gonna that, be a moment for that you. That changed the entire book. And it point. did. I was right. And that was today, four <laughs> yeah. hours ago. It, yeah. So okay, so focusing a bit more back on the book, it's yeah, just the 1980s experience. And, and my experience, except for this book, is reflecting yes. the 1980s experience. Um, so, what did you guys think of some of the more secondary characters? So, the parents. We'll start with we'll start with Aristotle's parents first. What did you think of them? I'm gonna have you go first, Sarah. Okay. Um, the <laughs> cloudy, unformed blobs that were his parents. Um, uh, they're they're fine. Yep. Okay, they were that's, fine. That's, that's <laughs> about all I got out of it. Well, what did you think about the fact that his dad was, uh... Oh, that's right. I, I also forgot everything about them, so... So, dad was a Vietnam yeah, vet. Yeah, he was a Vietnam vet. And, and mom's a teacher. PTSD. Yeah, probably, yeah. Oh, no, yes, yes. Unequivocally PTSD. I mean, yeah, it's just... From Ari's perspective, he just never talks, so it's yeah. like... Yeah, right. But, yeah. Um, and his mom does something. She was a teacher. 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 Okay, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah... They were there. They existed. They were there. They helped propel the plot at certain times. It's funny because they did propel the plot by doing absolutely nothing because they communicated nothing. Yeah, it's like... Except for the very key moment when they're the ones to point out to Aristotle that he's in love with Dante. Yeah, that was a surprise for me, too. I was like, oh, okay, because I honestly, up until that point, I was like, maybe this isn't a romance book at all. Maybe it's just like a coming-of-age story where there's like a gay character in the background, so you kind of get that perspective, but it's mostly just Ari being mad about his dad not talking and about his brother, who, like, whatever. It's just this thing that happened that we don't know anything about. Um, so my frustration was their complete lack of communication. And it seemed unnecessary. It did. Like her, it did. His dad, yes. His dad is traumatized. But there is still a certain, I feel like there's a little wiggle room in there where they could have just, it just seemed really forced. Um, it's, see, I saw it as slowly developing. And very I think, slowly. And I think the problem is, is in, I think what was being looked at is the fact that as a, a, sold, as, a as a war veteran, with potentially PTSD, since it's never explicitly stated, but it seems pretty obvious, um, with a 
one teenage son that he may have felt like he failed and then terrified to fail the second teenage son, the lack of communication was a reflection of how difficult it was for him to reach out. And then as it slowly starts to build, the both of them are figuring out how to raise another son without feeling like they are going to repeat what may have felt like a failure for them. So I think their lack of communication was so key because it was a fear. Well, yeah, I think it was you're, key, but that's why I felt forced. Yeah, it's like this is a ridiculous <laughs> amount of. I but I think that possibly that's coming from a perspective again to where I undoubtedly had friends who had parent who had a father that went to Vietnam, but I that was never spoken of. Mm-hmm. We talk about soldiers and PTSD these days, having coming back from Iraq and and um, and other locations, and we support them and accept them. Um, Vietnam, not the they same. were not welcome back, and you did not acknowledge PTSD. You did not acknowledge any illnesses that they came back with, any traumatic injuries that they came back with. It was just ignored, and they were expected to either fail completely in society or succeed completely in society there was and i think ari's dad kind of fell fell in the middle yeah he was functioning functioning but not necessarily succeeding yeah and um i think the mother was was key to that because i think again i apologize if this isn't in this book um i think it's key when when i think ari has a conversation with Mm -hmm. her where he he's like you know, does it bother you that dad doesn't talk or that he changed after the war? Because the other thing is that the other that kids were born before book. he yeah. went to war. Yeah. yeah. Aristotle was born, born after. after he came back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she his says, older brother got to say goodbye to him. And yeah. He was, he, the older brother was traumatized by his yeah. leaving. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting that the, that she says, no, he's just different. Yep. She had a very healthy response to it. She said he was different. And I liked the fact that because a lot of the times when we get these, when we get Vietnam War vets, they like to make them have like stupendously critical experiences mm-hmm. where they potentially were sleeping with women they shouldn't be, that there was potentially, you know, mishandling locals in the area and like almost going to almost a punisher level situation where it like just completely and utterly destabilizes them wholly. And I liked the fact that in this, the traumatization that the father had was that he witnessed death. There wasn't anything else that was indicated as being an extreme situation. It was just the trauma of. And the one story he does tell in the entire book is very specific in that. He couldn't save somebody he left behind and he couldn't deal with the fact that the other person was left behind. And just like Aristotle always is like dismissive of his own successes, his father would not acknowledge the fact that he was injured. He kind of said it in in, in passing mm-hmm. and then he's like, but but we didn't bring my buddy back. We didn't. He he stayed there and died. But they've been told no one gets left behind. Right. So you don't, it felt we'll like a failure. behind, but then well, I'm going to drag you onto the air, uh, the helicopter, and, and we're not and you're going to get out him, of here yeah. because I was injured. And, and 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 then he goes on and says, "But we left him behind." And and um, Aristotle, I can't remember now. I, I, it was just in my brain, and you spoke, yeah. and then it went away. But his response to it was was uh, was a good response. In yeah, that he 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 said something along the lines of, "But yeah, but." Oh, that's what he said. If you had gone back, you would be dead. Yeah. And that's a weird thing for a child to come to the realization. 
if you had gone back, I wouldn't exist. And he didn't say that in the book, but that yeah. is 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 a is a thing, and I can I can address it to my own personal life. Fuck. Um, oh please, please do. We <laughs> go deep into my personal life. My mother's first husband passed away. Um, so my three older siblings are actually my half siblings. Um, so if their father had never died, I would not exist. Yeah. And that's something that a young child really has to come to strong terms with. It's a weird thing mm-hmm. to realize that if certain circumstances hadn't lined up in your life, um, and one of those circumstances, is the death of another human being, yeah, you wouldn't exist. That's, that's a... Yeah, it messed yeah. with my brain a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I mean, clearly, I think that's the, the whole point of this book is Aristotle coming to terms with the choices. And he had his own choice, which is he at one point chose to risk himself so yeah. Dante wouldn't die. He clearly, not knowing why he reacted, he clearly reacted with an understanding that there was going to be immense harm, if not death, to Dante and so he reacted as opposed to thinking about it. And I think it's interesting that that is the, while he thinks about it past tense, we weren't like given this long drawn out explanation and dramatic description. And, and it was, he was seeing him and then, and then he, he wakes he up in the hospital Yeah, and then room. he doesn't remember what happened. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very interesting that the key point in his life that changes for him, he doesn't discuss or recall like, doing he just knows it was done and he didn't want to talk about it It was one of the rules that he established with dante so what did you think sarah about dante's parents okay those are the ones i was thinking of more of (laughs) (laughs) i only remember that his dad was a professor and his mom was i don't know psychologist or something yeah Yeah, therapist yeah i don't remember the mom being there very often or maybe she just didn't no i think in this book she was much more subtle okay the dad seemed friendly. He was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I just... I liked the, like, what did you think of the, the difference between the two fathers, I guess? What did you think about that? Um, am I, do, am I, do you not remember? <laughs> the, the one father was really affectionate and Aristotle yeah, was, and was like, was, wow, right. this is yeah. very weird. I just honestly didn't really have many feelings. That's the thing about this book. Like, I was reading it and I was not getting into it, not invested, like, none of the characters had any impact on me, um, which is why I can't, like, I just mix them all up in my head. Um, <laughs> no self-reflection in this. Yeah, you're you're not like, staring in a mirror here. <laughs> well, I mean, Ari, I get him, I don't know, I don't, I, yeah, it's like, the closest I can come would maybe be Ari, but even then, it's just like, it wasn't really there for me. Um, but, I guess, I I don't know, (laughs) like, I do kind of get, um, because does he like, because I think Ari likes Dante's parents, right? Yes. Yeah. So, like, I kind of got that a little bit from the book, um, because, yeah, when I meet, like, my friend's parents, um, or at least their dad's. I usually like them more. Um, (laughs) And I don't know. Like, I can kind of connect with sometimes... I don't don't even know how to phrase this, but... um, 
I don't know. I don't like the comparison that Aristotle was making between the parents and trying to, like, I don't know, figure out how it affected him in terms of his dad being quiet as opposed to affectionate where he was wondering what would have been different if his father had treated him the way Dante's father treated Dante. Is that what you're talking about? I honestly don't even really know what I'm okay. talking about. <laughs> um, he had friendly parents at school. That's all I really got on it. Yeah. Okay. So in the beginning, I, I thought Aristotle saw Dante's parents as very alien, something that he just could not even picture in life. <laughs> but um, it, it came down to... Cats always interrupt our uh, our discussions. We have the silent Drogo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so they were, I think, for him, very alien. And then he realized that over time that he could just ex- accept... Um, Okay. I just didn't want to flatten my face. Oh, no, he's always be in your face. Yeah, yeah. That's what he does. But I, you know, over time he learned that they were just as accepting of him. And hopefully it came across in the book prior to the accident. And I think it did a little bit, but then Aristotle thinks that the only reason why they're so accepting of him is that he saved mm. he saved Dante's life. Dante. Dante? Dante. Dante's life. Dante. Dante. Um, so. um I think yeah, I think it I think it's clear for the reader that before that point they already had affection. Cause I I think at the very beginning it was kind of implied that Dante has a hard time making close friends while he's friendly and outgoing and easily like lights up a room for lack of a better way to describe it. Um, He doesn't really have intimate friends. And I think they could already see that he and Aristotle were developing towards being intimate friends in a non-physical sense, but in like an emotional capacity Um, to be clear, just because I know the content of the book, people may mistake what I'm meaning there. Um, And I think they already saw it. And then that just, made them adore him even more because they realized what kind of person their son had found and what he had risked for them without knowing he had risked it. Uh, But I think before then it was clear that they were like invested in him as a person. And that just only added to it more. Um, Okay. We need to pause. This is distracting. (laughs) All right. I can't, we're, we're repicking up because we had to take care of the cat. Um, So I think we can I think we can move on from the parents. They yeah. While they had a huge impact on this on the story, it wasn't written. Yeah, they weren't written much into the story. It was all Uh, Aristotle's point of view. So yeah, trying to think. You think so? Then I'll tell you one of my huge disappointments. What's that? I wish the aunt had been part of the story. If even via the letters or his memories of her. Because I think that it felt a little left field when it suddenly yeah. was like, oh, by the way, you realize this about your aunt. Just, yeah, yeah. You, there was a point where he like starts talking about his aunt, and I don't know, maybe they mentioned it briefly, like previous up, but I was like, why are we talking about the aunt all of a sudden? And then yep. suddenly she started coming up more, and I was like, I'm assuming she's gay or something, and right. that's how it's going to tie in. But yeah, it did come out of left field, and so he never really, and of course, Don. Ari. Aristotle. Aristotle. <laughs> doesn't even really remember her that well, I think. He's, he says or something in the book. 
Yeah, he says you remember he remember being close or something. But he now, like, he mentions him. The dad and and him are his dad and him are driving to the funeral. The funeral of the aunt, and yeah. he says, "Oh, I lived there for like the summer, right?" And and the dad's like, "Yeah." And then later, it's like, "Oh no, it was, it was really nine a year. months. We gave you away for a year." Um, and then they mention the aunt's girlfriend, and and he's like, "Oh yeah, I know her." It's like, okay, it, yeah, it was it was a good device to help the parents be accepting, be accepting, and it makes you want to know were they not accepting, and that's what led his brother to be so extreme. Okay, so we're picking back up here. We had a in person disruption. disruption because we're now all here in person, so it it changes the dynamic a little bit. <laughs> So I can't remember what we were talking about. Well, we were talking about no, oh the, the the aunt the and aunt, how yeah. out of like out of nowhere well, it she, felt. She kind of fell into the book, especially considering at the very beginning it could have been so so simple to have or I'd be like, I wonder why I'm not going to my aunt's this summer, or I wish I was going to my aunt's this summer, or just a statement of mom, who are you writing to? Because supposedly they wrote to each other weekly. Yeah, and this is something that. Aristotle didn't know. He yeah. didn't know his mom sits down and writes a letter. And and su- supposedly, or I took from what was being said between his father and him, is she was learning about the LGBTQ plus community and learning to accept what... Drogo, stop. What her brother or his brother did yeah that she or her son i should say yeah what he did and in, in the choices he made yeah that, um were not good choices obviously but you know i don't know i i i felt that she came into it at a very it, it just, a lot of buzzing in this and yeah. i apologize it's phones on the table Y'all need to silence your cell phone well it's the ring and it's not that simple yeah. i wish it was because I would... I you would, all need to put your cell phones in a different room, I exactly. guess. Exactly. <laughs> we will next time. Um, but yeah, so I, I just felt she was... I, f- I felt she was a wasted character. I felt she could have come into it a lot more. I I felt like she could have been something that Aristotle... Rel- some Something. Someone, someone that Aristotle relied on and could have used. But having her live someplace so far away... Would still put him in isolation and still, you know, force his his well, isolation and his problems with isolation. And this is where I get to relate to this because I, I agree. Having when I was younger, probably a little bit younger than when Aristotle went to lay, live with his aunt. I lived with my aunt for a school year or a portion of a school year. I can't remember how long you did it was. A school year. And so, and I know even in high school there was still quite a sense of connection with my aunt because I lived with her at that such a young age. I had memories that I regularly talked about with uh, fam- friends. Um, so for him to not think about her when he is spending the entire time reminiscing felt so weird. Yeah. Particularly given the, then we get to the point where it's like, oh man, she meant so much to me. And it's like, did she, did she really? 
Oh, he does. Yeah. He explicitly states well, no, that. No, yeah. No, but, but yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. That's sarcasm. It's yeah. like, yeah. really, it's really, like, this person just... is so important to you, yet we've not heard you mention her once. Yeah. yeah. Until and like halfway or two yeah. thirds of the way through yeah. the book. And so, yeah, that was really weird because knowing my own personal experience, even to this day, my aunt is is very important to me. Um, and living with her, I have having lived with her, I have a closer relationship to her than I would my other aunts and uncles. Um, just because she became a parent she was figure a parent for nine months out of your life. yeah. So yeah, that was definitely a, a weird point in all of that. Um, it was also weird how much his sisters just like were not. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He has sisters. Yeah, he yeah. has two twin yeah. sisters. And they're judgmental of him. And they and have cousins, and they have, they have, they honestly didn't he has nieces and nephews. Yeah. yeah, he has nieces and nephews. Yeah, but none of that would even need, necessarily need to be mentioned because they and play no role. The writer, the one time, and, and I kind of understand this as a writer, it's very difficult to put a whole bunch of characters in one space mm-hmm. and not have characters just disappear. The one time that he had to have Aristotle interact with his fam, his extended family, um, Aristotle's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to go to that. There was there was some party, yeah, and he was just like, nope, no, nope, I don't want to go. While I can understand that because I have a son that wants to have absolutely nothing to do with anybody else on the face of this planet, particularly family members, and and a, the, a line that Aristotle said in there was something about intimate strangers. Oh, yeah, I wrote yeah. that down. <laughs> I wasn't big on family gatherings. Too many intimate strangers. Page yeah. 214. That was my favorite quote of the book. I could relate to that. Yeah. Because I have been in that situation where you go to a well, family event and it's an extended, spend, yeah. We didn't spend a lot of time with my my brothers and sisters and their families. Well, even going blowing or, it out even further uh, than the, that, the great the aunts, family, aunts the and uncles, family. the big family that I was like uh, my my grandmother loves to take you into a room full of people you're supposed to know and she'll go you remember when you met them when you were three <laughs> she doesn't say it that no, way no but but if she if assumes, assumes you remember, remember and you're like i and, was three yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're talking to you and talking about you and what they remember from you or what the family has gossiped about you, you and, and you don't you remember don't it and that, they know. so yeah. them being called intimate strangers has to be the best description of extended family it was that, that point, i have ever <laughs> it was at that point i went you know martin really should read this book Martin, I think Martin could really enjoy this book. I think he would identify with Aristotle. He might give it three stars. He might put it all the way to three and a half. half. <laughs> but yeah, I think Martin would really, really enjoy this book. Yeah. I wish he had read it and, and had been part of this conversation with us. Yeah. Because um, I think he would he would identify with Aristotle. Because he was so much younger than, than yeah. you and, and, and your sister. Um, he's even more distant because... He didn't spend any time with yeah, the aunts yeah, and uncles like yeah. you guys did. But yeah, so that was that was my favorite line of the entire thing. I think that's that's when I can relate the most as I was like, I am familiar with that sense of intimate strangers. And you're just like, okay. There's there's not one aspect of this book that you relate to, is there, Sarah? There's there's not a character, there's not a No, it, it a was scenario. emotionally empty for me. And it's like if I can't connect with anything, I just like, yeah. Which is fair. Be yeah. like, oh, this book is great. It's like I don't I know that it was mind blowing. <laughs> I don't know that it was mind blowing, but I did. You know, the woman who said that to you, how close to my age was she? No, no, she was close to my age. Was she? Okay. Yeah. I thought. Well, and there, and, the, and this is a like this. It's interesting. There are two, there are three books that come up when it comes to male relationship books on book talk. So that's 
the social media I'm primarily on. And it is red, white, and royal blue. They all die in the end. I think that's what it's called. Absolutely never reading that one. <laughs> and then they all they die both, at the end? No, they both die at the end. They both die. Or at the end, something like characters. they, yeah. Um, they both die at the end. And then Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe. And I didn't realize it was written for ages 12 and up because these are adults. But they're not like your age adults where I could be like, oh, they related to this because it reminded them of their childhood. They were like our age, Sarah and I's ages. So we'll talk, we'll say late 20s to early 30s. Um, And they're like, and they're like, oh my God, this is mind blowing. And so when I went into this, I very much thought I was getting what is actually the second book. And was very confused for half of this book as to when... It was, and I remember I saw in your review, you're like, there's no romance. And I'm like, there is no romance in this. But at the same time, I was thinking, but these are 16-year-old boys. I don't know that 16-year-old boys are really romantic. I don't get any sense of affection. Yeah. From like, especially from Ari, maybe Dante, but we don't see it from Dante. No, because Aristotle fights him most of it. Like, like, fights the affection. Why does Dante like Aristotle? Because from the interactions that we see, Aristotle is always angry or short. Um, We don't really get any evidence that Aristotle is even likable. So it's like this idea that Dante is like in love with Aristotle is just, I don't see it. I absolutely don't see it because I'm like, this guy is well, working I, through I some think, issues. I think part of it is, and, and again, it's from Aristotle's point of view. I think we're not really supposed to realize, but realize Aristotle is very attractive. Yeah. And I think it, there, it was a very... True. There are references. To yeah. yeah. And, and so I think it was a, so an initial... I, th- I think it was when he first met him at the pool. Oh. I think it was very much. Well, and in, 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 in. Oh my God, I'm going to kill your cat. I'll help. <laughs> I think also um, in the when they're doing the letters back and forth, Dante does make it very clear that back and there's. Forth, more like. But one let me finish. <laughs> Dante does in the letters make it very clear that there is a physical attraction for him to Aristotle. And I think that that is one of his things. But the other thing is while we don't get a lot of their conversations going back and forth through the middle part of the book, at the very beginning, Aristotle never shut down Dante being Dante. He was impressed with the words that Dante knew. He adored how Dante's family interacted with him. He found Dante to be fascinating because he was so different and so open than him. And so I think Dante had an attraction to him because this is probably one of the few people that let him be him. Because we don't really see Dante ever beyond how his parents see him and how Aristotle sees him. We don't see other friends. We get a brief interaction with it with Daniel, but it's not it's not fleshed out in any way. So I think the idea is while we've identified Dante as flamboyant, I don't think that necessarily Dante was having success in life in being who he was and he was struggling and Aristotle was the first person that never made him feel like he couldn't be himself. Uh, yeah, that is true. I kind of block out the beginning part of the book because yeah. they just seem so young, and uh, yeah. like, these conversations are conversations no human would have. Well, and at least that's how particularly at that age. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. Like this just doesn't like if you read these conversations out loud, it would not feel it yeah feel stilted and weird. And um, I th- but yeah, that is true. I do remember uh, Aristotle. Aristotle expressing admiration for Dante. So I assume that came through in his behaviors yeah. in some way. Just you only get dialogue, so it's. And I think it extends even further because very early on they started that whole there are rules thing. Yes. 
And it was weird. But every time Dante needed the rules to be broken, Aristotle didn't get mad. He allowed him to have that break. And then when it became too much, he said, okay, now the rules are back in place. So again, I think that further reflects the fact that Aristotle never stopped Dante from being Dante. He just let it be known when it became too much for him. And it was never, don't stop being yourself, but you, you need to respect you, where, where my, where my limitations are. are. And Dante did. Um, while as we have Gina and Susie who just kind of plowed over Aristotle's limited restrictions. They didn't care. Um, so I think that's, that's where that affection develops. Well, I think it's a really good um, conversation, meaning the book is a mm-hmm. conversation, on the different ways that people come to the realization of their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it takes time. And we and it may be a conversation that starts very young. You know, we hear about people knowing from the age of four. I yeah. Was, I've always been attracted to the opposite sex, whereas you have other people, or the same sex, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then you have other I mean, people. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but then you have um, other people. People who are like, yeah, I didn't know. I, th- I the society says I'm supposed to be with someone of the opposite sex. Um, and then you find or society your says I'm supposed to be a girl, but I don't feel like a girl. And um, and particularly in that time frame, those conversations were not made. Yeah. Outwardly, those conversations were made inward, unless you had somebody in your life that you trusted implicitly. Yeah. Aristotle had zero trust because he had a family who had shut down after all a, forms a, an intense family situation. situation. Yeah. They, but they had shut down all forms of ex- exploration. He wasn't yeah. allowed to explore, so all of his exploration was going on in his head. And you shouldn't do that kind of exploration on your own. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it was interesting. And then again, Dante did, did have that exploration, but it was controlled within his family. I don't think he had had that exploration outside of it. Outside and of I his think family, because his family was protecting him. Yeah, yeah. And I think he then went to Chicago and started having that exploration, mm-hmm. and was then just choosing to have that discussion with Aristotle. Whether Aristotle wanted to have that discussion, because I remember the whole letter about the masturbation. I was like, oh, it was weird. That was like, letter was weird. I was like, this is weird. I'm like, but it, it vibes for Dante. Was that? Do you have the book? What's chapter 27? And that, that's going to be hard because I don't know what section. Yeah, the chapter's going to um, start every time. Yeah. Chapter 27. It's literally... Couldn't write four, a page number? I couldn't. <laughs> oh, it has to be a one-page chapter. Not even a full page because that's to read it... chapters. To read it... Stop. They was, restart, Mom. Right. To read it... No, you just passed it. I don't know what's happening right now. Turn that was page. three. Turn That's chapter page. three. Okay, but, okay, we got to talk about these bloody chapters because this is the thing that irritated me the most. So in listening to the audiobook, <laughs> Okay, for reference, the page that I just was on, which is okay. page, because the page numbers aren't, oh my God, <laughs> 70, because not every page has a page number on it in the book. What? So That's 70, easy. 69, 68, 168, sorry. 167, 166, 165, 164. So okay. that's where you made me stop. That okay. This page said, I picked up my journal and thumbed through it. I studied my handwriting. I had lousy handwriting. Nobody could read it but me. That was the good news. Not that anybody would want to read it. 
I decided to write something. This is what I wrote. I learned how to swim this summer. No, that's not true. Someone taught me. Dante. I tore out the page. Then what my mom's about to say is it would say, I tore out the page. Four. So You when, do. So when it was being read, it it would go through the chapter and then he he would go to the next chapter and just say the, a number. One of these chapters, it's chapter 27, is literally in the audiobook 47 seconds long. It's an entire chapter. So it went 26, spoke for 47 seconds, or no, 26, did the chapter, 27, spoke for 47 seconds, and then said 28. And I'm just like, could we not But each section write- starts over at one. That's yeah, why when you were like, it's know, that number, and I'm like, I didn't, no, it's I, not. I didn't yeah. realize that. Oh, I didn't realize until, until this like, exact moment, and I said chapter twenty-seven. I sh- uh, yeah. I got about probably about three fourths of the way through the book, and I suddenly realized I was on two again because I don't pay attention to chapter numbers. I'm oh, reading through a chapter. Yeah, I got confused and, like in the second section. I was like, how am I only on chapter four? I've, read, <laughs> I've been reading this for days. <laughs> I read it in two days, but yeah, oh, it's, I am it, glad it wasn't longer. It's a quick read. It was a quick read. I, I know the audiobook wasn't quick for you because you had someone reading to you. So well, it was, it's, yeah. it up, it was much but, <laughs> but I read it in about three days. But I was reading, because I, I read about 100 pages a, a time. So I had split it up into 100 pages, roughly. Um, but it was a, a quick read. It took me less than an hour to read 100 pages. Well, that's because um, chapters it's, were... It's dialogue. It's, it's, it's lines of it's dialogue. dialogue. Yeah, it's like yeah. you don't even have actual So paragraphs. the construction of the book, I don't like at all. It's it, weird. It's not even that thick of a book anyway. It's no. what, 349 pages. 370. 70. Sorry, 370. 359 according to this. Uh, but you still have pages there. They're just not actual, like, like story pages. They're <laughs> oh, just pages, like pages. The, yeah. The, the, the yeah. Preview. Yeah. Book. But yeah, so it, I, I absolutely hate the construction of this book. And, oh, and we kind of hit it on the beginning. It's very literary. You know, he said, she said, they said... <laughs> We said yeah, there's no context as to what's going on. And then line, 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 line. No internal dialogue, or well, there is. And but maybe listening to it, since I didn't physically read it, um, I think listening to it, Lynn Manuel, what's his Miranda? Miranda. <laughs> Um, I, I think you now at this point you need to tweet him and be like listen I apologize. for my podcast I have to call you by your last name unless you're my friend will you be my friend so <laughs> I can call friend. you and he would text back <laughs> yeah. and say yes um, because he's done that sort of thing before well, it reminds um, me of Neil Gaiman doing that when someone yeah, had to do a book report exactly. they're like my teacher can only, said I can only use you by your first name if you're my friend are you my friend and he texted and uh, tweeted back yes, yes. <laughs> but anyway he changed their voices slightly so listening to it was easier to know the difference between, between who was talking who was talking Can, and didn't have to do I'm, a lot of I'm imagining that script where he probably had like a copy of this and had to write like who was who who, who was, was who? who to make sure Through he was doing the correct thing. one yeah. oh my goodness the yeah. poor guy yep I would I would I would feel bad for whoever had to do that not because it's really hard to tell but because like like having to write that out yeah not, you have to have the notes on it if you're yeah your voice. but you know no, the construction of the book i did not like it no um i think honestly that's why i i did not rate it as high as i did is it came down to construction and and like it was emotionally distant for three quarters of it yes and um for a lot of readers and i think sarah 
can identify with this. If you can't connect early on, it's really hard. Oh, it to is. Well, I, yeah, I like I couldn't connect at any point. Yeah, except maybe at the very very smidge of an end, like the right. last couple pages. Drogo. He's trying to break free. We have him locked up. <laughs> so Drogo, the stop. Weird noises in the background yeah. and the yelling at him is because he's trying to break free. <laughs> so I would like to say. There is another aspect of this book that I'm actually disappointed in. What's that? I got to the end, and I actually... (laughs) Oh, my... Just a moment. Anyway, I was disappointed. I kind of thought I was going to get to the end of this, and it was going to be a straight friend, gay friend relationship, where they... We accept Aristotle as straight, and we accept... Dante, Dante yeah. as gay, and yet they can go through life and be connected they, and supported. They can still have an intimate the, friendship without it being... Right. Without I, it being I, I was imitating the cat. I was not raising my hand. <laughs> it was quite a question. And so, yeah, I was really... I was... Once they got to the very end and it became very personal between those two, and, and it was like, I, I liked the way Aristotle played out the ending and, and said, okay, but... This is mutual. Yeah. Um, I liked that, but I got to a point I wrote, I wish they'd and just ended up friends instead of boyfriends. Yeah. And I wrote that before the end of the book, not knowing Make for sure, sure that, that they, they were, were going to end up as boyfriends. <laughs> well, and it was, it was in this first book, the dynamic was really weird. It, it was really, really weird um, because it was Aristotle not looking at his sexuality for most of it. Other than he wanted to kiss one girl. Not looking at it. He was in complete denial Denial and would not even... Um, I mean, he talked about how embarrassing masturbation was and he felt like it was... What did he say? Having sex with yourself. Having sex with yourself. And it was just like, I don't think that's what masturbation is. But yeah, so it it was definitely weird through all of this to have Dante so far away. And it's just not like... No expression on Aristotle's part, point of view as to what he was actually attracted to. Um, almost to the point where I was I was shocked when the parents were like, yeah, you love him. And I was like, yeah, okay. how did you pick up on that? Because exactly. I'm still not sure. <laughs> I had the exact same thing. I was like, okay, and you're just, uh, yeah, how did they know? I felt that was, was weird. Particularly in that time frame. And that's yeah. where that was where that was really off for me. Yeah. Especially when they have like, such trouble like talking with their son. Suddenly yeah. they're like, oh. You're gay. By, by the, the way, way, dude, you're gay, and that's why all of this work. And and I don't necessarily think that the only reason why somebody would sacrifice their life, yeah, yeah. is only because you have a, a an intimate love with them, or yeah. a, I don't even know how to phrase it because it's more than an intimate love. But the desire to do that isn't valued only on sexual attraction. Yeah, yeah. Some some people actually can be self-sacrificing even yeah. for a complete stranger. Um, so. This is where I'll say, so again, I, Kat, <laughs> this is where I will, and, and uh, I, I will say for people, if they have any concern, you know, skip ahead. We'll, we'll say like two minutes. Having read the ARC copy, so the advanced reader copy of the next book, it does a much better job of exploring the sexuality in that that is not explored in here. And exploring the actual intimacies of the relationship and how it functions. And again, that's why reading that book, that's the book I thought I was going to be reading. And it's actually the second book. 
So I'm wondering which how much the second book is going to come across as the literary success that this one clearly I don't know. Is. I think the key thing in it, though, is that this is a 15-year-old turning 16 in How They Handle the World, and the next book is a seven, just-turned 17-year-old heading into adulthood. And the fact that that conversation just change how you see the world, how you address the world, how you communicate with the world, um, changes. And, and particularly for Aristotle, what is a very nuclear situation in this book expands. It expands beyond just the family. It expands just beyond Dante. He, he does, his world starts to blow out. Um, and so this is a much more nuclear uh, look at. And that's all I'll say is, is that book is what I thought I was getting. I actually reading that like this book even more because I, I now understand where the building was too. I think you'll like the second book. I'm not sure you'll read it. You're assuming I'm going to read it. But uh, you might want to give it a try. At least, I mean, uh, give it a start at least. It has more of like the, the somewhat romance. It, romance is not a strong factor in either of these books, but. It's like, I don't need strong romance. I just need to believe that there's affection. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is. That one there is, there is. It's much, much clearer. Okay, so that puts me at about the two minute mark. So that's all I'm saying on that. Um, but I think this is a good point that we can start to wrap up. You guys feel like we've said everything we could say? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I want to say my favorite quote because you got to say yours. Okay, what's your favorite quote? He's, Aristotle says, scars. A sign that you've been hurt. A sign that you had healed. I like that one, too. I yeah. think I noted that one. In that my one, I, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, I like that. Stop. And then you got to understand, because I, I don't like doing quotes unless they're exact quotes. I had to back up. <laughs> pause, <laughs> pause. Write it right down. down. Play, play, pause, write, write it, it down. down. Yeah, I had to go through that process to write it down. But I really like that. And I and I thought it portrayed all of Aristotle's life. His physical scars, his mm-hmm. his emotional scars, his psychological scars, mm-hmm. and the fact that they all exist. And um, he is recognizing, because that comes towards the end of the book, um, he's recognizing that he can heal from all of this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... We'll start with this with you and I, because we now have this. Sarah doesn't have this system available yet. She will have it for next time. I want to talk about That's that. That's what I'm about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Sarah's like, on a what? scale of one to five, how exciting did you find this book, Kim? Only a two. Only a two. Did you, do, you, do you have, I know you you haven't had the yeah, chance to mark it down. Yeah, but I can read it and I can. Yeah, right. did, what okay, would you okay. say? What you're, how, how exciting did you find it? Like a one. A one, okay. I found it a three. Like, it was not too too far off like either way how about ease of reading how easy did you find it to read well it's funny because i said four i did a five you did a five what would you do i was gonna say five because it is super easy to blitz through but then i remember having to go back and reread conversations to assign who was speaking so i guess i'd say like a three and a half or a four because that really annoyed me (laughs) i was gonna say it's really funny because we sat here and and just ragged on the how it was written and and all of that yeah but but in terms of easy it was easy to read this is this is i can see this maybe not now because everything's really crazy in in the united states right now i can see this being taught in high school yeah Um, we're gonna get there that's that's, okay yeah we're coming to that okay and then emotional reaction what emotional reaction did you have for this? i gave it a five but But, i I had that profound them listing that music and i just (laughs) went my brain just went boom yeah what about you sarah yours was a i guess average would be like 0.5 0.5 okay for most of it and then like one 
for the yeah. rest. So yeah, mine was three. I, I, it, it was I neither had a negative emotional reaction to it nor a fantastic emotional reaction to it. I, I read it. Um, so then that then leads. What is your overall starring for it, Kim? I gave it a five. Now, keep in mind, I gave it a five right after I finished it, and and this was. Like two hours ago, ago. yeah. (laughs) I just finished it. Um, And it really did throw me back to my childhood. Mm -hmm. Not my childhood. My young adulthood. I was probably 18 at the time that all of this was going on. So I was the same age as the characters. A little bit older. A little bit younger than the writer. Because I think you looked up how old he was. Uh, Yeah, well, he's like 66 right now. Okay, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was, yeah. He was evaluating a time frame that he saw as an adult. Yeah. Which is probably why the, the conversations weren't very comfortable, but yeah. it, that's why I would give it a five stars. Also as, um, I was a potential teacher. I never actually like kind of taught, but I didn't really teach. We're going to get there. Don't get there to that yet. Why? That's not listed on there, but we're going to get there. Just wait. <laughs> I promise. Okay. Just wait. Okay. Rating for you overall. I gave it like a three. Okay, I think you might have. I think you said like three, three to five, three point five. Like yeah, because I mean, like I feel like the ending did kind of make up for it in the end, but at the same time, you had to read the whole book to get there. <laughs> and you could have just gotten to three quarters and, and read it, and it probably would have been a very satisfying story if you had gone, you know, to that end and just picked, <laughs> just, a spot just picked and up started. in the middle of the, yeah, middle just of the book. The spot and I mean, started yeah, it's not like I was actually <laughs> yeah. invested in the character. Exactly. At that point, yeah. So it would have been like, and there was okay. nothing that came before that was necessary. I think you could hit the car, the, the car accident and gone forward, and, and it would have been that a perfectly was fine. Still book. pretty early on. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was like it was after like the, the first end part. Of the first yeah. Oh, or second part. Okay. Yeah. So, so <laughs> skip the first my, my rating on this was a four star. Um, it didn't like make me tear up or anything. I didn't have an emotional reaction, so I didn't quite get no, up like, to a there's no wow five. Moment. Yeah, it, there there wasn't like any profanity that like I teared up. But again, you had a connection to it. A connection. Yep. Okay, so now what you're now what you're wanting to get at. This is for ages 12 and up. Uh-huh. Do you feel it is appropriate for ch- ages 12 and up? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now you can give your spiel. Particularly, okay, I never taught. However, I did train to be a teacher. And um, I think this would be a great book in a society that is, except, you know, we're, we're not going to have people are protesting about their children being taught to be gay, which is just stupid and ridiculous. Um a great book that could be taught in in high school, maybe even middle school. Um, it yeah, we'll talk about the books it reminds us of later. But yeah, no, we'll get I, th- there. I think this would be a great book, particularly for young developing adults and their own inner dialogues that they don't have with anybody else, and yeah. realizing that others have that inner dialogue. Yeah, yeah, everybody has those inner dialogues, and we all have to go through the process of learning who we are. Do you feel it is appropriate age wise? Uh, honestly, reading it, it felt like a middle school book. Like, that's the age, like, that's what the writings just felt like. So, yeah, if I could see that in a middle school classroom or just probably, what, is that 12? Yeah, age 12. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. So, I will say I thought the same thing. And I'm coming from this, like, as a, if I were actually a working librarian right now and not just a theoretical one who has a degree, this is something that I would comfortably recommend to teens so anywhere from the age of of 12 to i'd say 16 17 i think 18 it might it might be 
anyone, obviously adults read this, they enjoy it. Um, but I don't know that it would have the same like profound effect for them. Um, and it, cause it's, and I would even, you know, say to parents, this is a good book to give there. There's no, while we have mentioned masturbation, there is no explicit content in the book that they, you go. They talk about masturbation. They talk about it. They don't, they don't do describe it. Describe it. They don't, they don't actually perform it. So there's nothing like explicitly sexual. It, it doesn't, even from Aristotle's point of view, he's not obsessing about how someone looks. There's a couple of things that Dante says that uh, is no different than any uh, children talking to each other, teens talking to each other. Um, and the other thing is I will say is, is while the formatting is challenging in terms of word use oh, as and a teacher, structure, it, as a teacher, it's a great teaching book. Yeah, so it has you, some you key words that are you, bigger you, words, but you don't just teach the context of the book. Yeah. You're also teaching about, when it went the like the he said she said thing, yeah. and that when you drop out of the he said she said it, and then it and it's it, how it flows and stuff, follow, yeah. And you don't have to then add he said she said, yeah. Once you've established that rotation, but when it goes on too long, yeah, it's like, if, you have to yeah, backtrack yeah, to figure yeah. out who's saying what. Um, yes. So yeah, and in terms of like age, I definitely would recommend this. I could see uh, my nephew's not quite that age, but I could see handing this to him in yeah. three to four years yep. and saying, read this. Um, and having a, a, an impact in terms of of just a, a different male perspective. Um, so with that, are there any books that you would recommend that are similar to it? I'm not going to necessarily say recommend because, mm -hmm. one, I don't read that. Yeah. It reminds me of... That works too. Um, oh my good God. Pony Boy. The Outsiders? The Outsiders. It reminds me of The Outsiders. I can't type. In, um, you know, in exploring... You love that I knew that you meant The Outsiders. Yeah. I've not even read The oh, Outsiders. But you I, not what you have The read? Outsiders. Oh, my ever-loving God. What are they teaching you children in school? We're and you guys children. are in your 30s. I know. How could you have not read The Outsiders? Uh, uh, well, it was oh, never offered in my... Remind you what it's about. Maybe I didn't stay gold, Stay gold, Pony Boy. Pony Boy. She can only give you quotes. Cool she can't yeah, tell you the plot. Pony Boy. <laughs> oh my God! Pony Boy is the name of the character. It's it's I about a group of kids who aren't considered the norm. Buddy read The Outsiders. No, they don't. Everybody, they didn't teach it. your dad has read The Outsiders. Everybody in my age group has yeah, read, the, read Outsiders. the Outsiders. Yeah, no, it was it was moved beyond. It's it's referenced in movies constantly. Const oh, it is. It is. It is. Um, anyway, it's it's, it, it's yeah. okay. So on that note, I recommend The, the Outsiders. Outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> because clearly nobody's read it anymore. No, um, people still read it. I just, I think my literary gaps, I went from one extreme to the other really quickly that I didn't hit The Outsiders. Um, I know you guys handed it to me and I looked at it and I just wasn't interested in reading it at that point. So I didn't read it and I haven't read it. Um, you lied to me and told me you read it. I'm sure you did. Probably. Let's Probably. Just, let's just go with it. You did. And now I'm devastated and you must read the book. It'll take you like, a couple of hours. Rubbish down my throat. <laughs> read the outsiders. Um, any other books that you recommend? No, that's the only one I can remember, but yeah. Okay. What about you, Sarah? You got any recommendations? Um, the uh, There was a book that I read that uh, that I kept getting like reminded of uh, when I was reading Aristotle. This one. Mm -hmm. um, I would not say that the content is all that similar, but something about the style, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, so I guess I'd recommend it, or I'd just say that it is, in a way, 
similar. And that would be Challenger Deep. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's like first-person perspective, young teenager. I think he's 15 or 16. He's growing up. But he's, of course, um, it's more of a mental illness thing coming yeah. to terms with that rather than romance. You know, there's not... It's not LGBTQ. It's not sexuality um, oriented. Yeah, it's not sexuality yeah. oriented. Um, I like that one a lot better. <laughs> it has much more of an impact to me. But um, but yeah, just the narr- narration kind of reminded me similar style. So it's okay. a good book. And that's it was Challenger Deep, right? Challenger Deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one that I thought was a space book, but it, it was, was about <laughs> the sea. All. To be clear, it's not about spaceships. It's about the sea. That was a faux pas on my part (laughs) because I saw Challenger and thought spaceships because I am my mother's daughter. And I can promise you she thought it was spaceships too when Sarah said Challenger. (laughs) No, I would have, with with the deep, I would have thought ocean. Oh, Because ships are ships. Some go in the ocean and some go in space and some just fly through the air. Yeah, and when you mentioned it too, it's like, (laughs) oh, like the Marianas Trench where Challenger Deep is that point. And I was like, oh, but it's about space. That's cool. I thought it was about space. (laughs) Yeah, it it is about the the, the, the actual. Okay. I'm actually kind of interested in it. So you should read it. It's good. So uh, obviously I recommend reading the next book. It comes out. Oh, I did not. Just a second. Oh, let's look it up. Be a long pause, but I will edit it out. Okay, so obviously, I recommend that if you liked this book, definitely read the sequel. I haven't completely finished it, I'm about 50% of the way through, 60% of the way through, but it's really good. And that is Aristotle and Dante Dive into the Waters of the World. And that comes out October 2012, 2021, so this year. And then other books that I recommend that remind me of this is something more along the lines of like Bridge to Terabithia or Where the Red Fern Grows, where it's that coming to terms with a life event at that age. If um, we're going to go Where the Red Fern Grows, then read Sounder and read. There's a slew of them that are that same time frame. Yeah, but those, those, those yeah. books remind me of this. They don't necessarily... address the the lgbtq aspect of this and unfortunately i can't think of an lgbtq plus book similar to this that i could recommend um that has the same both literary style and topic um unfortunately so that's why bridge to terabithia and where the red friend grows if you're particularly if you're looking for maybe books oriented towards more children that you want to share in your life those books with those were the ones i would recommend um or like oh what is it called any There's, sort of clues uh yeah. it's it's the one where she it, it's holocaust oriented and she you're not talking about diary of anne frank are you no okay. no 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 no, not the book thief though the book thief is good um no it's one i read it's by lewis lori l o w r y just a second. <laughs> Number the stars. Number the stars is another uh, one yes, I recommend as like. I, I don't know. You didn't read Number <laughs> the Stars? Well, you just no, I haven't read Number Number the Stars. Number no, the Stars. Okay, yes, no, Number the Stars. Oh man, I haven't read like most of the books you just listed, <laughs> except Bridge to Terabithia. So the author is also the author of The Giver. So Number the Stars is the same author who wrote The Giver. I have read The Giver. 
um, which I did not know that. Uh, And it's about a girl who is um, taken on to a train during the Holocaust and basically her experience of, I think it's, I can't remember which camp. So she's taken from Denmark and sent to, God, I can't remember the details. Anyways, it's another one where it's aimed for younger, for kind of those teen eras. It's a historical fiction. So it kind of hits similar to this with that, trying to understand the the identity and stuff. But again, this individual is dealing with in a very extreme situation as opposed to a kind of extreme situation, but not like, globally extreme except AIDS but yeah it, I'm, I'm just rambling at this point so wow let it go <laughs> step away from the sentence my brain is having difficulty ending that one so yeah that would be another one that I would recommend is, is those style of books I think are really good if you like really like this one and want to continue with kind of that same age focus so I think that is everything then unless anyone has anything else they want to say nope okay So on that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Bookpile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. And finally, you can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. So... (laughs) 